What's up, anime fans? It's your boy, Rayshawn Gatson from the Rayshawn Gatson Anime Podcast, or RGAP for short. And on today's episode, we're going to be diving into the first six episodes of Dragon Ball Z, aka the Raditz Saga, giving you three likes, one dislike, and also discussing our favorite action scene. Plus, I got my buddy Kyle from the Super Dope Pod. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Just in case we got any new listeners, tell everybody your name and where they can find you. Yo, what's up? My friend Ray Sean. My name is Kyle. I've been making a podcast called Dragon Ball Super Dope for the last six years now because I have severe mental illness, but always happy to just chop up Dragon Ball topics with you on your show and feel a little less mentally ill about it. Yes, it's crazy. We're doing a whole rewatch of the series. I, I don't know if that's fun for you. I don't know if you've done it. Because I mean, if you're like a Dragon Ball fan. Mm, this is the thing, dude. This Raditz arc. Okay. You might have to tag in some other motherfuckers. Like, you think I'm going to watch like 55 episodes for the Frieza arc? I don't know that I am, man. I love you so much. But that is a humongous ask. Six episodes? No big deal. I popped that shit out this morning. No problem. Well, we're going to be doing, you know, part ones and part two. So it might be like 25 and 25. But, you know, we'll get to that point when we get to there. Because we still haven't even got past the Saiyan arc yet to get to the Frieza. Yeah, even the Saiyan arc, dude. You're going to have to chunk that out into like four different episodes for me. I might have to probably find us some new help. So anybody out there, we just randomly had a guest on the last episode. If you want to knock out some of this shit with me, hit me up on the um, Instagram at rgap2. But, yeah, super doper. Hit up Rayshon to come on this podcast. Well stuff. I don't know if people hit you up on hit you up just to be on my podcast. That'd be kind of funny. <laughs> well, how I usually do every intro is I usually ask a question and I, I can't just let this one go without giving you a, a question. So um, if you could ask Gohan any yes or no question, what would it be? Jesus Christ, bro. What a very specific, odd question. All right. Um, mother, yes or no question I would ask Gohan. What Gohan at what age? Gohan in this this arc here or like Gohan at any point in the series? Any point. Okay. I would ask him, hey man, you ever feel like a disappointment to your parents? Hmm. Okay. Which which Gohan variant would you be saying this to? I don't know, like current day Dragon Ball Super Gohan with his fucking scholar job and recently had a baby. He's probably not thinking about it like that. But you know what? If I ask it just in the right way, the right delivery, be like, wait a minute. What have you heard? What did my parents say to you? Make you real the whole kid's career. I don't know. I would ask him, do you feel inferior because you have to wear glasses? He'd probably say That's no, because it makes him look smarter. I guess you can say that, but... I wonder whose genes do you think made that possible? Do you think that's a Chi-Chi thing or a Goku thing? I don't think it's either. I think it's uh, him squinting at like like collegiate level textbooks since he was four years old, trying to read and shit, you know, so make sound out all those big words. I think that's what took the toll on his eyes. Till he goes Super Saiyan, then they're perfect. Which is fucking hilarious, but I think that's, and I think it's so funny that they make that such a big emphasis and the um, Dragon Ball superhero movie. And also, I don't know. They haven't, we haven't got that far in the, the manga yet, but we actually, we, we should have, but we haven't yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like Blind Gohan. <clears throat> they had Blind Gohan chapter a couple months ago, maybe. Like, he doesn't recognize Goten when he gets off the ship. You're like, hey, <laughs> I know that voice. That's my brother Goten, right? Yep. 
But all right, going back into the Radish Saga, I'm going to go ahead and give out the plot. So basically, this whole story revolves around a humanoid alien called... I just fucked up. Ah, it's up there. <laughs> going from the plot, basically, the story revolves around a humanoid alien named Raditz coming from the planet Vegeta who arrives on Earth searching for a person named Kakarot, later revealed to be Goku. The saga focuses on Raditz's arrival, his battle against Goku and Piccolo, and reveals to us Goku's true heritage. Bang! Well done. Uh, two tries, but, you know, got it. I got it. Uh, is there anything else you want to add into there? or? Nah, man, I think that pretty much sums it up. Five years post the end of Dragon Ball, so a little bit of a time gap, effective use of a time gap again, and a whole new... I just like the reveal that, you know, Goku has a kid and all that. We know that coming in, but when he shows up at the Kame house with them, they're all just like, huh? Would you? Were you a babysitter now? What's the deal? He's like, nah, I had a kid. They're like, you what? Oh my God, he got a monkey too? Like, Goku's the worst <laughs> fucking friends, dude. <laughs> well, because you gotta think, out of their whole relationship, Goku has never shown interest in anything outside of, like, trying to make friends. So, the fact that Goku may have went the extra step and extra mile is kind of like, what the fuck did Chi-Chi do? Chi-Chi must have had him, like, in a wrestling move and if he somehow got pregnant. Out, if you do the math out, like, they probably ran out of the Tenkaichi Budokai and just fucked like off and on for like three months very intensely before she got pregnant and then had a baby. And then four years after that, he's here. Well, you got to say right after um, them um, pitting the fire out and at the... Um, yeah, the band show fan and all that. I forgot. I did not watch that on our last rewatch. Oh, no. Did we skip a Dragon Ball arc? Oh, no. We're doing bad at this rewatch, dog. We might have to go back to Dragon Ball, finish some missing arts because we only did the world tournament. See, we're, we're doing Dragon Ball Z right. True. Sixth episode. True, true, true. Anyway, this was a um a little thing I wanted to add in here, but I forgot to add in here because I forgot because I was watching football games. Um, basically things that we learn in these first few six chat uh first six episodes because these basically are some of the plot devices that carry this whole arc. No, all of Dragon Ball Z for real. Because I mean, the number one thing we learn is. Goku is an alien, even though you probably probably thought that already thinking like he has a tail and he's a little different. I, you could have went the whole monkey King type of route for a while, but he had to be something. I think once they brought in Piccolo, alien was the, the route they were going, but I don't know Toriyama. I don't know if he was thinking ahead of like that, like that, but I think that's the route they were going. Cause I don't feel like it's, why would we just bring in this weird, like this alien? And to me, I feel like they don't make it apparent because they have dinosaur people type shit. They don't make it apparent that like all these other species are like different type of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. The anthropomorphized uh, human animal fucking hybrids running around this earth. It's uh, abundant. So when you see a weird dude like Piccolo, who's green and has like little antennae and shit, you don't, you don't, your brain doesn't automatically go to alien, I don't think. But he is like a scary and, you know, demon Macau type. So Macau, Macau, Daimau, Piccolo Daimau, I can't say. Daimau. Yeah, Daimau is his name, but what's the name of the fucking demon clan? Macau, M-A-K-M-A-I-K-L? Doesn't matter. My point is, I don't think Toriyama was thinking back when he brought in Piccolo that Piccolo was an alien. I don't think that at all because he notoriously flew by the seat of his freaking pants and just made shit up all of the time. 
I honestly do wonder, like the the Goku soft retcon of like a more um, you know your sci-fi origins and drawing further comparisons to Goku and Superman and all that stuff. I wonder how much that was planned out. Was that thought of like a week or two in mm-hmm. advance? Was that a big grand plan for him when he went into this next chapter of Dragon Ball? Because you know the manga is just Dragon Ball. There's no Z uh, differentiation, but. Um, um yeah i don't know man just recently watched like the superhero movie super superman movie that just recently came out it took a longer time to get to japan you know it takes a longer time for movies from here to get to different countries so he might have just recently watched it and was like oh shit i have i have z i have z <laughs> like, like, that yeah. would be, i mean yeah. i think that's funny to think that um Toriyama writes in a way where it's like you know what's next chapter you know whatever I fucking say <laughs> whatever I tell him that's what's going to happen because why would I think in the head yeah kind of whatever's currently influencing me another good example of that is uh you know all the time travel stuff with uh Terminator Trunks and yeah well yeah Terminator too but like they I think a lot of that stuff was like fresh in his mind when that comic book came out the Trunks arc and the androids and all that stuff and he's like oh yeah I'm just gonna do this for a little while take a little bit of a a left-hand turn and lean into the sci-fi aspects a little bit more because that Terminator shit I saw last year was sick and I think it's crazy it seemed like he couldn't figure out which time route idea he wanted to go with say like he tasted like two or three times within like how like time travel worked in that whole segment well yeah because again i mean when you have a big idea like that to want to do like a a genre based sort of thing or at least adapt elements of that genre it doesn't change the fact that you're still a dude who's making shit up each week and like hopefully it fits in and hopefully you don't forget all the details but he does and he kind of flubs shit and tries to you know retcon things as he goes sometimes but it is what it is this is funny because i wanted to know if this was a retcon because it's it was so glaring to me but i didn't know if it was a retcon because i couldn't remember exact okay so we have um master roshi meets um goku and a big like kind of in the beginning of dragon ball and he basically was like um he hadn't like talked to gohan and like so long before he liked that moment but he says here like he said he made it seem like him and gohan were talking we was like oh go gohan told me that like oh you were a bad kid when you were um born and you he hit your head and all this shit and i was like is that a retcon because that's where he acted like he never but he like after he got done trading with him they didn't talk type shit I mean, yeah, it's probably a, a very soft instance of a recon, but I mean, you could just explain it away as like Goku knew he had this scar on his head and then he took a fall and that's all his grandpa ever told him about. And then Roshi's like, huh, last time I talked to Grandpa Gohan, he told me this shit about this kid and blah, blah, blah. You're that same kid. You must be. You're the monkey tailed boy. But like for him to have not pieced that together like an early Dragon Ball. Yeah, of course, that's definitely a fucking soft, very small retcon, I think. Okay, I just that was something that caught my eye and I was like, let me go ahead and let me write this down. But okay, we're going to go right into our likes. Um, We're going to be doing our top um, top three likes or only three likes. I can't say top, but, you know, three likes and then our dislikes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go first with my number one and then you can go back and forth. All right. I like the moment where Krillin tells it's tissue as as he's been dipping up a little bit too much in the eggnog just to kind of get fly swatted by his tail. And almost like through a whole fucking building proving right now that Toriyama is in his like madman pen stage where like anybody can get Yamcha right now. Because I've never seen Krillin just get body like this. <laughs> like, this is kind of yeah. funny. The amount of disrespect, man. Krillin's just like, come on. 
He's waving his arms and shit. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Right through the corner of the house. Not even just like a wall of the house, but like into the corner of it, dude. Like that's painful. Oh, straight mess. I like the whole how Raditz come off from like the beginning of this whole, from the beginning to almost his end. He's just dominant the whole time. I really forgot how much I liked Raditz's demeanor throughout this entire arc because the evilest thing that he says and or does, I mean, obviously he kidnaps a child to try to get Kakarot to do Goku to do his thing, right? And I'm like, oh, all right, well, I got like I forgot about this this little detail. It's like you don't have to get your kid back. That's what I think this is fight is going to be, right? But then he's like, no, I'm going to take your kid, and if there aren't a hundred dead bodies piled up here by tomorrow, I'm going to kill your kid. Oh, it's fine. If you don't want to do that, you don't want to kill a hundred people. That's fine. I'll just kill your kid. That's fine. Like he's very casual and matter of fact throughout all of it. Even when he's like explaining to Goku like who he is and where he's from and what the what the deal is, and he's like, yeah, I'm an evil piece of shit. We destroy planets. That's who we are. We're Saiyans. We're strong fighter warrior race all this stuff he's like never overly too comedically evil which i love except for that one comment like please stack up 100 dead bodies tribute or whatever <laughs> raditz is cool man yeah i think it's more like like that warrior mentality where i think it's supposed to be like matter of fact and like how they got different lit stages of saying which i think is fucking hilarious because to me, I feel like he contradicts himself a little bit, but I feel like it's not a contradiction because, you know, the Earth is a small planet and it's supposed to have like a very weak power level. But it's like he was like, dang, uh, he should have been had this already taken care of. But I always thought they'd seen Goku as like this like weak ass Saiyan like type shit. So it's like to me, when you wouldn't really be surprised that he didn't finish this, but. It, it just proves to me, I guess, they think they're saying babies are should be way powerful than where what they at type shit. I think he says something. I mean, I always watch the sub, obviously, but I think in the sub he says something about even at your strength, at your age, when you were sent here, it should have only taken you a few years to completely clear this planet out. And I don't know. I, I feel like that's less of a comment about how weak Goku was and more of a comment about how useless and weak Earthlings are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting comment when throw that out there. But what is your number one like? So I just kind of talked about Raditz demeanor, which I do forgot how much I like to him, but it's not one of my top threes. What I do really like though is Piccolo's demeanor about the whole, the entire thing. Like when he meets Raditz, he's scared, but he still kind of talks shit. He's like, I'll fucking kill you. You don't know who you're talking to. And then he leaves and he like has that like panic attack. He's like, I'm trembling. Oh my God, I was so scary. Like how powerful is that guy? So the fact that he gets so fucking scared and Piccolo's open and seeing him see that he is very pragmatic and goes to the Kame house and he's like, I need to go find Goku. I don't even like Goku. I'm going to kill that motherfucker one of these days, but he's the only shot I've got killing this dude and not getting killed myself. So um, I do like his effort to collaborate, even if he does kind of follow that up with and when it's all done, I want to kill you too. And it, it kind of goes into the next, I mean, at the end of the arc, right? Like he, he kills them both. I'm sure he feels some kind of fucking happiness and having gotten Goku for a two for one deal. Right. But he's like, oh no, stronger guys are coming. All right. Well, I can't be the only one to do this. You guys better resurrect Goku because he's going to be on our team again. Also, this little kid just did some shit. You're with me now. And he just like, again, like I said about Raditz, he's just very matter of fact about it. Like, I'm going to be your teacher now because this is what's going to happen. And him and Gohan's whole first um, scene together in episode six where he like throws him in the water and he wakes up and tells him the whole thing. He's like, who even are you? Where's my dad? He's like, listen, this is what's up. And then just kind of gets him on the same page as him, throws him up that mountain. I think Piccolo is the MVP of these first six episodes for me. 
I, I can say that because I feel like Piccolo is drawn, is written in a way where he's not totally evil, even though he gives off this whole evil, like, aura on everything. He's going to destroy the planet. But he's willing to make these concessions when, like, I guess technically how he pits it, he wants to be the person to destroy the Earth. He will. He doesn't want want anyone else to destroy the Earth, which is like, I guess, because you could say he's been training all his time to maybe to fight um, Go, Goku. Which he could have probably found other ways to have destroyed the Earth. Like, you know what I mean? If destroying the Earth was his technical thing. But um, I like the whole thing that it feels like his story arc is over, but also restarts after he kills Goku because it's like he gets this whole moment where it's like he completed that part of his mission. Because I feel like that probably was on his essence from um his um Demon King, like being a reincarnation. So once he actually completed that, it was almost like he was a different person. And from that moment, you low key start to see Kami starts to kind of trust Piccolo a little bit more. But that's a little bit other than that. Um, that is a really good point about how it kind of sums up one phase of Piccolo's life. I mean, granted, kind of inherited fucking tasks that he had to do, right? From mm-hmm. the essence of Daimo, Piccolo Daimo. But that is a really interesting way to think about it. The fact that one chapter in his life and exacting revenge on Goku has come to an end. And now he has to train Goku's son because it's his best shot of survival. Which, I mean, you, I like the fact that he, he basically takes that upon himself and questions it when he's like, dang, he was like, my whole goal has been able to kill, uh, go after your father, and now I'm training his son. And it's it's just like a crazy, like whole revelation. The the subversion episode six, he throws Gohan on that mountain, he blasts it or whatever, and Piccolo's like, "Oh shit, I can't believe this." The man, the son of, uh, you know, my main enemy, he might be the very guy who might grow up to de- to to defeat me, and I'm the one training him. Like, I don't know how to feel about this. Like, <laughs> that's the funny. funny thing about the whole situation. <laughs> Go ahead and moving on to our our number two. Um, I'll, this is to me. I think this is probably one of the, one of the funny moments. I think all these moments I pick are kind of funny, but this moment to me is hilarious. I think Krillin is one of the most unwritten people. Don't not talk talk about how funny he is in Dragon Ball Z. He's fucking one of the hilarious characters. I like the moment where Goku is explaining his plan to beat Raditz by grabbing his tail and says he'll need help with this plan. And go, uh, Krillin goes, huh? <laughs> 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 you don't, you don't really beat us. You <laughs> beat us help you. But I like the fact that Master Roshi was like, fuck it, let's go. And Krillin was like, oh, uh-oh. I thought she was the main character. <laughs> I, I love that scene. That scene is so fucking good. Cause I'm thinking the whole time too, especially watch. I remember watching it as a kid. I'm like, yeah, we have to team up. Get everybody. Let's get the fucking Power Rangers together. Where's Tien? Where's Yamcha? Where's Krilla? Where's Roshi? Where's Goku? Let's go. And they're like, yeah, we don't know who those other two are. And uh, I'm like a 350 year old man. I'm weak. Krillin's like, I just got beat through a fucking house by some guy's monkey tail. So I don't know, man. You sure this is the crew you want to roll with? And Goku's like, he's the only crew I thought. Roshi's like, bet, let's go. And Krillin's like, okay, I guess. Man, I really wanted to get married. Okay. (laughs) I think Goku's like, actually, maybe not. Because if you guys die again, we can't wish you back with the Dragon Ball. He's like, it's a great point. I can't go. You're right. Bro, it's so the fucking hilarious. But then I love that this moment actually comes with your first like, like they come together with Piccolo coming and basically helping out in this whole situation and basically being able to team up with Goku and coming up. 
this is what I wanted to say in the last day, because this moment is very paired from what happens in the Beerus movie, where you have like Beerus come down, talk all his bullshit is about to destroy the earth. And then Goku like magically appears out of nowhere to like save it. And where you kind of have Piccolo does that low key in the same saints and that type of way. And he comes down with like this whole plan. Like he's been watching Raditz beat they ass for like the last few seconds. <laughs> like, yeah, we going to have to team up. <laughs> <laughs> we go yeah. anything about it and i thought that was funny the last or the late the last minute late entry late arrival to save the day i mean piccolo plays that role a bunch throughout dragon ball z's early dragon ball Z, especially vegeta has a couple of good late entrance moments like that where he saves somebody in the moment i it's it is a dragon ball trope goku does it obviously on, on namek like when he does that shit on Namek, it's like legendary. He just shows up and beats the shit out of Burner and Chase. It is like a, a tried and true Dragon Ball trope that seldom do I get tired of. Oh no, shit's about to hit the fair. What are we going to do? Don't worry, I'm here. Oh no, my anxiety's relieved. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny how like all these characters, like when they're Goku's rival, you, you know, because they have like these historic, historic saves. But once they stop doing like these big saves, they're not the rival no more. <laughs> <laughs> like Piccolo was the big dude for a minute and then once Vegeta started making these big saves it was like yeah I forget Piccolo like, <laughs> okay. but but he always saves Gohan he will always be able to save the second or the third main character or whatever people want to go with he will always be there to save Gohan so I guess you gotta give him that very true uh my turn yep um, all right. So I didn't remember how well they did this in these first six episodes, but the foreshadowing of Gohan's eventual, um, you know, rage explosion and him being not this weak little baby who we watched cry around in the woods for fucking three episodes, but he's actually got some potential. They do a few things with it. One of them is like the first episode he th is about to go over a waterfall and like, again, mm -hmm. just jumps up or flies up and grabs onto a branch and cries there till his dad comes and gets him on the Nimbus. Goku's like, what the, that what waterfall way down there. How'd you do that? Go on, what did you? And then they have it a few different times with Raditz thinking that his scouter is malfunctioning. And uh, I don't know, man. I think that it's a different thing when Gohan just busts out of that fucking little contraption because his dad's mad uh, or he's mad that his dad's going to get beat up and he freaks out and headbutts Raditz in the fucking thorax. It's different if it's just that. It's not like a couple of little hints before that about like what kind of potential power lies within this kid. Um, So I just, I forgot how well they did that and I appreciated it and that's my second like for this uh, little short run of episodes. Go yeah. Gohan. I'm your biggest fan today. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why when we get to our dislikes, but I do like that. <laughs> Funny, I think we might have a similar dislike, but um, <laughs> I think, go. I like the foreshadowing, basically, where people be talking about Toriyama doesn't have good storytelling. Like, he did pretty good right here with the storytelling of um, Gohan being, like, this very more powerful type character. He didn't really go into, like, the explanation of why, but all that, but until, like, later on. But this was pretty good, and I fucked with it. And I like the um, I like how it kind of ties in with the emotions and stuff because this also helps us tie into the fact that um, how the um, the grand transformation of all this is coming to at the end of like these next few arcs 
it's like emotions are the trigger to what their power is or how they basically boost up the stronger shit. So I don't know if he was thinking like that far ahead when he was doing all that or if I'm just like rethinking it, just pin that together. But I, if that is, got to give the man his props because that's pretty good because, I mean, he, he showed even what like a, a young saying, not even letting us know that type shit. I think, I don't know, again, dude who wrote by the seat of his pants, I don't know if he thought that far ahead, but what I do kind of wonder is if, because like he goes out of his way in the first few chapters to like demonstrate how different Goku and Gohan are. Even though it's Goku's mm-hmm. kid, he's like this little timid, doesn't want to be a fighter, wants to be a scholar, whatever. Like, But he always had that thing with Goku, even in OG Dragon Ball, where like when he gets really pissed off, if you come after his friends or whatever, like he's gonna come at you with like, you know, a million fucking fold more determination and power somehow. And I wonder if he just thought of like that trope of like your emotions powering you up or making you stronger, or making you more formidable. I wonder if he thought of that and kind of just like he did with Goku's power in general and being like, you know what? Yeah, this is a humanoid. This kid is obviously from fucking outer space. He's an alien, a warrior alien. That makes sense. And while we're at it, all those times he got mad when he was ki- a kid and suddenly magically won fights because he just got so much stronger in the middle of nowhere. That's actually a saying thing, too. And his kid has it in spades. That's the only way we can make him useful for this arc. True. I mean, yeah, kind of keep him up with the same power level. But now I have a question for you because this is a um, nature versus, damn, I can't think of those. Nurture? Nurture question. Yes, nature versus nature. I, I fucks with you, Kyle. <laughs> um, do you believe if Gohan was only raised by Goku, like he was only a single parent, would he still have had the same behavior? No, I think it would have been Goku Jr. Little mm-hmm. baby Goku Jr. running around. So you think karate and shit was the, the the main ingredient that changed his personality? 100%. Yeah. And That's the crew talks about it in these episodes too. Like Bulma and uh, Krillin both made comments when they first meet. I'm like, oh my God, you must not like your dad. You're so polite. How old are you? Four? Wow, you're so well-spoken. <laughs> Yeah, what do you want to be when you grow up? A great scholar. Like, what the fuck? Who, who's good as this? <laughs> what is crazy? Because even Bo was like shocked. He's like, damn, oh, okay. All right. This is not, nowhere. I don't even think Goku know what scholar means type shit. Goku's <laughs> like, like, he keeps saying that. I'm not really sure what he means. Okay. <laughs> his mom just got that bullshit running in his head. But what to me, that shows how much he loves Chi Chi. Because you knowing Goku, you know he wants a fighting son. But to willing to just push that aside and be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let him do what he wants to do. I think yeah, that's we're living a in the, <laughs> that in the middle of uh, five years of peace, right? And like, there's no need for martial arts cheats, he says, so whatever. And Which is to me, I'd be like, you know, there's an active threat living with us every day. That is basically a, a fucking bomb ready to go off whenever he gets the, the, the drop or feels like he can beat me. This is war every day, baby. We need to get him ready to go. Like, that's what my mindset would be. <laughs> but, you know, because you never know when Piccolo might just come and do a sneak attack. But, see, I feel like that's a different Piccolo. Because I always tell people that there's a scene in Dragon Ball uh, before, like, the tournament even starts where he, like, randomly just saves this kid. And I'm like, Piccolo, it, it wants to me. It's, it's really hard to, like, is he bad, bad? Like, is it a soft spot for kids like they do with Michael Myers? Like, he can't kill kids or some shit? We talked Maybe about that. On the 23rd Budokai, that scene is specifically like a church tower gets hit by lightning and then falls or something and he saves this kid. And that's not in the manga, I know, because I have it right over here and I look through to see if that scene was in there. So I was curious, like, is that an anime original scene? And I'm sure enough, yeah, it's an anime original scene. But I do wonder if, like, the anime staff 
had enough lead time to know that eventually Piccolo and Goku were going to work together. They probably did at least at least two years. Yeah, so they probably decided to start okay. to leave that shit in a little bit earlier than you know the original author intended, but like as a way to make it a more cohesive story. Because otherwise, if you don't see little scenes like that, and you're an anime only watcher. You get this five-year time gap and Piccolo shows up. He's like, hey, what's up? I don't want to be friends with you, but we've got to be friends. Oh, I got to take care of this kid now. You'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Is this, the, is this the Demon King Piccolo? Because you seem like a real softie. What happened to you over the last five years? He must have got scared shitless type shit. Goku <laughs> showed up in his house. He's like, you better be fucking behaving. <laughs> or just Raditz. Raditz was enough for him to be like, you know, it's time for it's time for me to team up because these motherfuckers are shit. <laughs> Uh, I give him his props, but when he was talking, it did like when he was talking to Raddus, it was a second, like a few seconds in that fight where he was like, Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, fly away. Like, try to get him to go. <laughs> can go ahead and go, man. Like, I love I love that whole part. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and fly away. <laughs> and then, then he was like, Okay, I guess you want to fight. And then he threw that little beam and then um he was about to show him a little something, but then he left. And that's when you have Piccolo freaking out like, oh, shit. <laughs> I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. This is one thing I've been wondering. Can Kami see through Piccolo? Because it be seeming like that when he be talking about like what's going through, like what's happening and shit. Because he'd be like, oh, shit, I'm about to die. <laughs> yeah. like, Can he see through Piccolo? Or even if like couldn't, I mean, he could still like observe everything going on on Earth, right? So I don't know, though. I don't think he can. Maybe. Potentially, because then otherwise that'd be a two way mirror and Piccolo would be able to fucking see what's going on in Kami's life, too, probably. Yeah. But would he really want to, though? You know what I mean? Be like, yeah. What are you up to? Hanging out with your black man servant in the fucking <laughs> temple above the skies? <laughs> Who knows what they doing with the cameras? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's some bitches. The trip. Um, moving on to our number three. Oh, another fun. scene. I think I picked a lot of fun scenes. I didn't really go for like, you know, the oh, this is. Goku, um, the death scene and all that. I didn't go for any of those. People. You didn't pick the Goku Jesus painting? That's my favorite fucking, it's one of my favorite shots in all of Dragon Ball Z. All or even if you played the Dragon Ball game, you know, the scene where Goku comes behind Raditz and you have to take the two analog sticks and push them together and try to keep them in the center. So, um, yeah. especially, I heard you palms of your hand and shit. Yeah, I remember that. I didn't pick none of <laughs> I know you're true fan, man. Uh, I want to get those games again and go give me a um, PS2 and start playing those because people do that with other games and shit, but the Budokai games were fucking the shit. I got them right here. Oh, we didn't play them the last time I was there. I definitely got to come again. Raging Boss 2, underappreciated gem. Uh, this one, Dragon Ball Z Ultimate Tenkaichi, not so good. That's the Rock, Paper, Scissors game. Original Budokai for PS2. Okay. HD remaster, which is Budokai 1 and 3. I also have this one, which I've never played. I should play it because, you know, I bought it, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, I think it's Ultimate. No, it's Super Dragon Ball Z. Oh, and then I do have Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2. Good for me. And that's just the beginning of all my Dragon Ball Z games that I have here. I probably have like at least fucking half a dozen others. Shit, I only got like, I feel like, this is why I always tell myself, like, I don't know if I'm like up there in the high tier, the Dragon Ball fan, but I got all the Xenoverse collection. Bro. It's I got the Kakarot game. It's not that you're not a real fan. It's that I've been obsessed over this shit since I was fucking seven. 
not that you're not a real fan. It's that I've had nothing to do for the last 26 years. <laughs> but I, yeah, and I keep all my fucking shit. I mean, I got rid of a lot of Dragon Ball shit when I was probably a teenager, but I've since bought and recollected much of it. I still don't have my golden Ozura fucking baby from the Super Battle Collection because those things are worth like four to five hundred dollars now. But did you have one before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had the box. I don't know. I know that. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does. Tough to find. Or tough to find cheap anyway. But what's your number three? All right. For my number three, I like the fact that dodging the special bean cannon wasn't even a thought to Piccolo. Saying <laughs> 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 that it was faster than the speed of light, but Rad is laughing it off. <laughs> no, it's, hey, his A needs some work. It's badass. And I like yeah. the fact that he threatened him with the same move he said earlier. Like, he wanted to show him something, but I like that this whole moment comes back to it. He wanted to show him, like, the double Sunday shit. And I love how Piccolo goes from confident, like, he's about to shoot this bean, to almost scared shitless. Like, I just found this whole scene to be fucking hilarious. Because the fact that, like, he may dodge this, it's just never a thought. It's like, man, if you really are like a cerebral, strategic, tactical fighter, Piccolo, except in this one instance where you're just trying to bust out your super secret move to kill Goku with, you didn't even think somebody might just like step to the side of it. I didn't <laughs> Fucking hilarious. And I love though his whole face like, oh my God, he's faster than light. <laughs> if they make an inference. But this is all to all the people who, are, who always be like, are they faster than light power scaling? It's literally in the first four or five episodes. Yeah. One thing <laughs> I did not um and like honestly, dude, this is another reason rewatching these episodes is another reason why I just don't understand the power scaling community, like ever. <laughs> I remember official guidebooks or like like even in comic books, like before the comic or after the comic, they'd have like little inserts about whatever it is you just read, the characters. And I remember one time it says this this the power levels of Goku and uh, Goku and Piccolo at the beginning of the series. It's like 334 and 322 or something like that. Mm. And it just goes out the fucking way. And like people will take those numbers and be like, Goku's base form at the beginning of the Raditz fight was this. So any kind of multiplier, blah, blah, blah. Bro, they go from like 300 and change to like 1300 and change pretty much instantly. And really that scouter is just meant to be used as a plot device to be able to tell you Oh no, something big's about to happen. But like the scouters, because the Saiyans, they're coming back, Frieza's army, they use them. It's just, it's always been bullshit power scaling. Always. Yeah, because they can care. always be tricked. Exactly. Or like not even tricked, just like whatever they need to happen in the plot. That's what's going to happen in the plot. Your power scaling is fucking useless and bullshit. And the fact that you spent all this extra time seemingly doing math for fun, I think that tells me more about them than it tells me, you know, about myself, which I already know a lot about myself, but I just learned a lot about them. Get a fucking hobby, nerd. Nobody cares about your fucking power. Go play fantasy fucking football. All right, get out of here. Yeah, because there's that's, that's even stuff in this little few episodes with the uh, scouter that changes, like, if they can concentrate their power in one spot, that can change the level of their power. Like, all this stuff to me, which is crazy, because you think Raditz has been fighting on all these different planets, but yeah. these little things are tricking him to the point where he's never seen this shit. How is this the first time that you've met somebody who can raise or lower their battle power? How? <laughs> like, How? This is so funny, but I think that's what's interesting. 
So, I mean, the scouters are really there just to give you a base level and kind of like let us know when the uh, bad guy is really in control. Because when Rat is looking at those power scales, he's like 600. That's it. And like, like, you know what I mean? But when he starts to actually get scared and like, oh shit, Piccolo's at 1,300 or he's looking at the uh, the ship and he's seeing 700 and he's like, what the fuck is that? Like, those are like the little plot things that I think Toriyama really wanted to scout it for. This is yes. kind of like, Show different instincts of different situations. But Scouter does more than that, even though, even still, like it helps him identify where people are. It helps them go and track them down. And at the end of it, it's like, well, you just defeated the fucking big bad, right? Okay, what's going to happen now? I've got two buddies showing up. And because of my Scouter, they know everything your dumbass has just told us. Like, it is so much a fucking plot device that it's ridiculous to me that an entire subsect of the fandom is just like, it's stronger because this math is said here. And it's like, bro, really? That's what you're going to fucking stake your shit on, huh? I mean, I don't know, man. Seth, the programmer, like, has made over a decade-long career out of that, which I guess is impressive. But at the same time, like, I, I wouldn't want to be him. I would have killed myself, like, 12 fucking years ago. There we go. Said it. I'm not going to lie. I watch, I watch the videos and all those stuff. program Pirate Scale. I do like the videos, but I do also understand there are correlations of things and you know this is basically us a fan service to what it, we see it's not ag- exactly what the author intends because to me the author can always just come out and be like yeah that's bullshit and it's bullshit it doesn't matter what math you have to pull like prove what you think it is if the author says it's bullshit it's bullshit <laughs> like bro that's basically why you shouldn't even have to say that you should just be able to tell by the way the story is being told like he, the author should never have to come out and basically say yeah all that stuff that doesn't make much sense to me if you just like follow the stories though and you're like huh seems kind of inconsistent seems like they had a story they wanted to tell and this is why that person won versus that person that's fine you don't need to do fucking math about it for the rest of your life that's all i'm saying now what's your number three um all right so kind of a more of like a general observation but i think dragon ball super does this mostly much better than dragon ball z does in almost all instances this is a very well paced and very well structured art. And I think maybe a part of me thinks that it's only like five or six episodes, you know, and like it's digestible and you can get through it in one day. And I don't have to watch 40 fucking episodes of them getting their ass kicked by this person, going on a train, trying to fight him again, go on a train again. I think Dragon Ball Super has a much better um, cadence to some of their arcs and how they work. Even some of the longer ones, like there's like chunks within the chunks um, or, or smaller chunks than the greater chunk of the arc. Uh, I think this one kind of hits the nail on the head, though. Like the first episode is a little bit of setup. I think you can kind of see where there is some anime exclusive filler in here. I, I almost do want to watch Dragon Ball, Z, Dragon Ball Z Kai just for this arc, just to like see what the differences are. Because I bet you like the first two episodes that we watched today are probably done in like the first episode of Dragon Ball Z Kai. I, yeah, I, don't know. I think it's, four it's pretty compact. Did you watch Kai? No, when I was looking it up, when I was trying to get the episode numbers, I think it's four. But then I just thought of how we can break down the rest of this so it's kind of more like easy to do. But I, I, I only watch I only watch Dragon Ball Z with filler, man. It's my rule. Sorry. No, when I was looking at I've I've, I've I've watched Kai. I'm not gonna say I haven't because I think. Um, at one point, um, Nick Nick Tunes, it was like the, the only thing they showed was Dragon Ball Z Kai. So I've seen Kai, but I've, 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 I've watched 
I've seen Z so much. I've know those moments where it's like, oh yeah, they just skipped the whole scene. Like, <laughs> like there should be a scene right here. Yeah, that's not there. Either but way, I think it's funny when pacing you know, people. Good. Yeah, great pacing. Six episodes. You basically get a lot of great information. You basically figure out what planet um the Saiyans are from. Planet Vegeta. It got you get the first lie of how Planet Vegeta got destroyed by the, the asteroid. So I think that's kind of funny. Um. You learn there's three more Saiyans out there from, on, no, two more Saiyans on a different planet. Um, Piccolo, they learn about the Dragon Balls from Piccolo, which is fucking hilarious because he's just running his mouth trying to gloat in that moment. But really, it's just like setting up the next arc, <laughs> which is like kind of hilarious if you think about it like that. Any wish in the world, you say. <laughs> All right, my boys will be right over. And I like the whole like uh, moment where um, you see Bone One, Krill, uh, Krillin, and Master Rossi trying to get um, Gohan, and then like Piccolo's like, "No, he's fucking coming with me." And he has that moment when he like makes his arm come back, and he's like uh, breathing hard and intensely, and everybody's looking at him like, "What the fuck?" Is the he about to blow up? of that, <laughs> for that is so fucking funny because they're just like all standing there, like talking, like, "Oh no, what are we gonna do? Who's gonna tell Chi-Chi? And they turn around, and he just goes. Whoa! <laughs> Like, <laughs> literally just screams, no warning, nobody's expecting it, everyone's extremely grossed out. <laughs> just so, the timing was so fucking funny. Fucking hilarious. I think that's one of his best moments. Um, Going right into our dislikes, because we got our dislikes and then our favorite moment. Yeah, I'm I'll, go go, first. I'm I'll go first. I'll go first, because I think my dislike is probably shorter than yours. If not, maybe it's the same dislike as yours. I'll tell you, man, I gained a new stitch of respect for Raditz today as a character. Because when I was watching that shit this morning, episode three, I think, I got through it and I was like, Masako Nozawa was working overtime on these episodes, man. She's not only doing two different voices, but she's doing the most annoying Gohan cry for the majority of those three episodes to the point where I'm like, I really fucking wish that they would have turned down the cries in the, in the mix of the, the audio mix a little bit because other people are trying to give dialogue and it is so fucking loud and annoying. I get it. He's upset. Shut the fuck up. I get it. Shut up. And then Raditz, cool ass Uncle Raditz, takes that fucking, it's like, it's, it's, it's as if he heard my, my thoughts through the fucking TV. He hears me and he grabs that little bitch and he fucking walks up in his spaceship and says, hey, that shit's annoying. You have to stop. And I was like, yes, he does. God bless Uncle Raditz. <laughs> this is the first step in properly training the boy to be less annoying. I, all the cry and... I mean, Dragon Ball Z does a lot of annoying shit, in my opinion. Go on crying is a lot, a lot of it in the early stuff, but like it, it's in line with like the excessive, long, drawn out ah, screams and shit like that. It's like sometimes it doesn't need to be this long or obnoxious. Or I got it. That's just my autism working overtime. But like, god damn, if I never had to hear Baby Go on cry again, it'd be too fucking soon. What's your dislike? I will have to piggyback off of that one is I hate this version of Gohan, the whining, the crying after everything. It's just, it's just some of the most bull is some of the most irritating stuff to watch about this part of Dragon Ball is this this version of um, Gohan. But I do like some of those little moments they kind of sprinkle in when he's crying, like when he's like in front of the tiger and the tiger still his hat. But then he starts running after that bitch and then the tiger's like, oh shit, goddamn, like this dude's fast as fuck. So I like those little moments, but just the crying itself. I think it also kind of like ties in with some of the like Chi Chi's like when she's just talking and being annoying as fuck. 
I just feel like that trait is kind of passed on to like this crying and it just makes you just cannot bear his character. <laughs> that, that's a good point too, Ray. Like I kind of forgotten. So you just said that the original Dragon Ball, Chi Chi does cry for like no reason a lot. <laughs> and it's just, oh, just makes them very unbearable, especially with the type of character I think Goku is. And we've grown up with Goku and I don't even think I've ever even seen Goku cry in Dragon Ball. Maybe he has. Like, I, I can't, like, think of a specific moment of when he did. Maybe it was something about Gohan. Like, he might yeah. cry then. Yeah, the Afterlife Tournament, when he meets Gohan again, he cries. Um, and I'm sure there's, like, shots of him as a little baby crying. But, yeah, he doesn't really cry much. Maybe he gets punched in the face sometimes, and he's, like, tears up, but he doesn't, like, bawl. Yeah. I mean, if I had, I feel like if Goku ever cried, like, like this, this that would be, like, a big moment. Because, like, what the fuck pushed him to do that? Like, that would be crazy as fuck. But this is just what I'm going to say. I just, like, I think this, this version of Gohan is fucking shitty. Um, Kind of one of the main reasons why I never liked the idea of Gohan transitioning to the main character. Because it's like, no. <laughs> Not what I wanted. But going straight into our best action moment, I'm going to let you go ahead first again, man. I'm a little torn there's two moments um one of them we kind of talked to you about i assume it's what they call double sunday in the dub in the sub raditz doesn't have any special techniques like he just has these big blasts that he does he doesn't scream anything before him but the, he like pummels them up into the air and then like shoots blasts at them both at the same time and goku dodges just barely and it's the one that takes piccolo's arm i really oh, like yeah. that whole fucking sequence and the reveal that piccolo lost his arm i love that but i think the one i pick is the whole Goku grabbing his tail thing and like having him beat for the moment, which I don't know. I guess I kind of didn't expect to work, you know, because you see in the first or second episode, him back fucking slaps, pimp slap Krillin. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. Oh, I'll show you my backhand, bitch. And just puts him through a house with his tail. So I'm like, maybe his tail is trained. Maybe it's strong. I don't know. And then Goku grabbing it and they have the whole, really one of the first, like, I promise I'll change. I promise I'll, I'll leave it alone. And then Goku's like, Goku. So he wants to believe him and not have to kill anybody. And Goku learns a lesson that day. Don't trust your fucking dickhead. Don't trust some asshole who was just pummeling your ass five seconds ago that he's going to change his whole life. Just because you got him by the weak point, not expect him to turn around and get you murdered. Uh, the whole grabbing of the tail sequence is pretty good. And Piccolo yelling at him while it happens. Like, what are you doing? He's triggered you. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, this whole scene is fucking hilarious. And I like for this to be like the only moment where it seemed like they had it. A chance to beat Raditz is basically him grabbing the tail because he basically does this without uh, Raditz even being able to say something, which is something else is I find kind of weird. But I, it's how good is like the Earth sensing abilities? So I felt like that, like Piccolo and Goku should be really good at this, but they say they didn't realize Raditz wasn't near them until like he was really close. So I don't know if it was more of a distance thing in the beginning of Z type shit, like they couldn't co cover the whole Earth. Which uh, is possible, but also shows the fact that Raditz needs to like catch people behind him or not. Because if not, you you can come behind them pretty easily. Type shit, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's like uh, a Dragon Ball Z fight before all of the craziness. You know what I mean? I mean, it's still fucking crazy, obviously, but it gets so much crazier than this. Yeah, and then 
all of the techniques that we get to see later. And then all the fighters that are not even a part of this right now, which is fucking hilarious because you wonder if they could have helped change the situation a little bit more. If it just would have been more casualties, would this have been the, um, the saying men or the, uh, the cyber men earlier, a little bit earlier type shit. But going into my favorite action moment, woo, I think this is going to make a little people laugh because I just went on how much I fucking hate this dude and my dislike. But <laughs> I have to say my favorite action moment will have to be the moment where you have Gohan head basically take a head dive right into Raditz stomach and basically was the only move that did any damage to him other than like Goku grabbing his tail but Gohan breaking through the ship with the power level over a thousand which is fucking crazy and screaming leave my dad alone is fucking I love that scene because it's like that was my dad Goku I would do the same thing but I love all the foreshadowing and then basically cobbling together into this big event. All the little power level readings you have um, Raditz doing looking at the ship to Gohan jumping past the waterfall and all this extra shit. Basically for this moment right here, him busting out the ship and headbutting fucking um, Raditz in the stomach and literally laying the most damage. Because after this attack literally leads into the Raditz whole so without Gohan's moment right here, our heroes could be dead. And this is also yep. the moment where Piccolo's was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and train this nigga." Because <laughs> this is <laughs> this is where this is where it's at right now. Because this motherfucker got some he got some spunk. <laughs> he Raditz is and like I I know we're wrapping it up here, and I don't mean to fucking bring on another topic of discussion. We can talk no. about it another time, but. I sincerely believe Raditz is the most uh, underappreciated, most disrespected Dragon Ball villain of all time. And he is the one with the closest tie to the main character of the story. He was treated so disposably in this arc, just as a way to say two bigger, meaner dudes are about to show up. And of course, one of those dudes ends up being Vegeta, one of the fucking greatest anime characters in history. But... It's just you think about what they could have done if yeah, they didn't kill him. If, if if they didn't kill him, imagine if the roles were reversed. Imagine if Vegeta or or Vegeta and Nappa showed up first. They fought them both two on two. Probably, I mean, let's just for sake of this, what I'm saying, yeah, you know, assume that they're on equal playing field at that point, and that could happen, right? When they beat them, and they're like, "Well, our boss Raditz is coming," and guess what, Kakarot, your brother. And then, I, I don't know, dude, I feel like you could have done so much with the character of Raditz and they fucking instantly threw him in the trash after the fifth episode of Dragon Ball Z to really never be referenced all that much ever again. A couple little small appearances here or there. He had a cool little chibi fucking show up in uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly. Like, it's Granola arc as well. I think there's a quick little Raditz uh, reveal, but like... He's just so fucking forgot about the history is so rich or could have been rich, you know, being able to tie back to Saiyan Lauren, educate Goku about it. That's one thing. I was listening That's to basically all he was there for. I was listening to shit that me and Hayden did last year during the granola arc the other day. I forget why I was pulling a clip for something and I said it there. I'm like, I'm really surprised that Vegeta knows who Bardock is first. I mean, I'm not surprised, but like he knows, but I'm like, you guys have never talked about this. Not even once. Like, Hey, actually I know your dad back on our home planet. You guys have spent like years in the fucking hyperbolic time chamber together years on the battlefield training each other like you've never once been like hey i know your dad yeah 
What was he like? Never once. Rather, on the other hand, though, that conversation would have been happening all the time. Just saying it was a... Uh, and that was his buddy. I mean, like, they was riding around town and everything together. He, well, I think if Vegeta mind wants you dead, you dead. There's no, there's no reason to think about you no more. I do love that <laughs> response on, on Planet Arlia. He's like, oh, we're going to go back and get the wish orbs to, to wish Raditz back. And he's like, don't make jokes. <laughs> we're going to wish for eternal youth or whatever. And then, if you think about it, basically all the sands are low key disposable. It's like in somebody's mindset. Cause I mean, Vegeta's mindset, hell, he's the only saying that was important. Cause I mean, he takes Nappa and throw him in the air like a fucking purse yep. and destroy him. So, I mean, it loyalties did not really matter. Shit. So, and I love that whole love moment too. Cause you have Gohan. This is one of those first where I feel like Goku really saved Vegeta as evil. Where he was like, you will destroy your own man. Because <laughs> like, it's, I think that always a shock to them when they see it. Cause they always bring it up when they do it. Wow. You really are fucked up and deranged. <laughs> you gonna kill your only friend. Yeah, I don't even like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is crazy. But I mean, if you, the whole dynamic, it did seem like Vegeta was just kind of like, just letting them go. Like he didn't really care much of what Nappa did type shit. Yeah. I don't know how, how good a friendship they was, but they didn't seem like they had like that best friend. Oh, him and Goku only really like that because I mean, oh, like mental breakdowns and years of like working towards one goal and kind of having to change that and find family dynamics. So I guess a bunch of years and a bunch of different shit happened into him. Kind of made him a little softer with Goku. If you think about it, this time in the canon where we are Dragon Ball Super and ongoing Dragon Ball Super stuff, he's spent more years fighting alongside Goku than he probably did with Nappa. He's been fighting alongside Goku now for like probably 20 plus years, probably close to 20 plus years. I'm trying to, I, I don't know the numbers. I'm terrible with the timeline shit off the top of my head, but. It, oh, how old do you think um, he, you know, he was when he first stepped on the planet um, on Earth? Yeah, to be like uh, eight. Yeah, if Goku, how old is Goku at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z? Do you think? I know that there's an answer to this. <laughs> I feel like twenty. I think I think Goku. I think Goku and Vegeta have eight years between them. I believe I could be wrong. It's something like six to eight years though. But he probably ran around with Nappa for like a little under two decades, and he's been running with Goku now for probably a little over two decades. Like that's just funny to think about. I don't think I ever thought about that. Yeah, and that's been his main dude. I'm shit, and I fuck with it. And plus, I mean, they're similar in power. I think that's probably another dynamic that was different. Nappa and Vegeta weren't that close in power, so he probably never really saw him as like a, a rival or somebody on his level type shit. At first, he was Goku, basically a babysitter for Vegeta. Who was still more powerful than him type shit, you know what I mean? Like, which is the fucking crazy thing. And, nah, I'm gonna bring that up because there's no point, but is there anything else you want to um, bring up about the Raditz arc that we have brought up? fun fun little arc to revisit um yeah i like old dragon ball z is my favorite shit man well og dragon ball is my favorite shit it never fails to make me laugh but this early dragon ball z shit it's fun to watch the transition from one series to the other all right and with that we end today's episode i want to thank you guys for listening i hope you guys are enjoying these dragon ball reviews we're going to keep them coming and keep them popping i want to thank my guest kyle for coming on for the fourth or fifth episode we've done so far i'm hoping he comes on for that to finish off the saiyan saga even the freezer saga the cell saga 
the oh my god, it's some we can chunk it out a long time. Bro, I'll do them all with you, but we gotta chunk them out appropriately. There's no way I can watch 50 fucking episodes of some TV show that came out in 19 fucking 89 to talk with you for about it for an hour. There's just no there's no point. There's no point. I, I, Unless you want to speak in big, broad generalities, we have to like chunk it down into very digestible pieces. That's what I'm thinking for the next part. We're just gonna do um Oku's training. So from the episode where it goes to the um up there to like the end of his training yeah oh that actually might be pretty long because that that even brings in some of the sad stuff because he's training during that too i'm gonna have to break it up a different way then we'll figure it out <sighs> We can figure. We we'll probably just be like ten episodes. Maybe that's when we just do ten episodes. Ten episodes. Eh, we, there's ways that you can chunk it out. If you go through like the episode descriptions, it's like, all right, we're at episode six here. The book is going to be doing his training. What does this training arc look like? All right, okay. the training arc's over. What does you know the Nappa fight look like? What is the Vegeta, what does a Cyberman fight look like? What does the Vegeta fight look like? You know what I mean? Like, like that's how I wanted to like break it up, but I feel like Goku's training is a, a little bit throughout some of that. Because then doesn't his training end like right at the time of like... Oh, I don't even mean like, that. I don't even mean that. I mean like, uh, like all the, all, all the stuff on Earth. Like, okay. the, the Saiyans get there before Goku does, right? So, mm. that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like... We got to get ready. We have a year. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We don't want to bore your listeners with all the details of how we script and craft these amazing fucking podcasts. So, all right. Yes. With that, you know, we're, we're ending the episode. I want to thank you guys for listening. And also please like and subscribe wherever you guys are listening. We need to get the podcast back up. I know you guys are liking the Dragon Ball content. So I'm going to try to keep it coming out. We're also going to be splashing in some other stuff coming soon. If there's any other animes or things you think you want to want me to see and review or talk about, just hit me up on our gap too. Before we go, I just want to let my guests have one more opportunity to tell you guys where you can find them. And if he have something special coming out that he wants you guys to be on the lookout for, let him go. Let it go. I'll go now. My name is Kyle. I host a podcast called Dragon Ball Super Dope for words or words baby uh we just did a big episode that'll be coming out shortly i don't know it probably has been out by the time this episode comes out but uh with me and rayshawn and uh gp and hayden where we broke down the news about dragon ball daima the new series that will commemorate 40th anniversary of dragon ball's original release where they all get turned into kids Muppet babies except this Dragon Ball Z. I personally can't wait for it, but if you're interested in that discussion, it's it was a long one, man. We almost went for two hours the other night. Uh, go check it out in the Super Dope feed. Thank you for having me, right? For sure, for sure. And also check out our advice pod. That's something else that we do together. So I would like you guys to check that out. I will be pinning the link below. We should be going to, I think, the end of December. That will be the Thanks end of season. Around, around Thanksgiving, I think, is the plan. We'll see. No, we right there, but yeah, we'll see if we get there. <laughs> Most likely hopefully but with that i just want to say hi